If you have a Bible or you want to look up on your phone, I encourage you to turn to Daniel chapter 5. Daniel chapter 5. We've been working our way through the book of Daniel, and we're going to, uh, I'm going to read the whole chapter, so I really encourage you to look at your Bible with me, uh, look on your phone, follow along in the text, but Daniel chapter 5, and the handwriting on the wall. It says this, King Belshazzar made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in front of the thousand. Belshazzar, when he tasted the wine, commanded that the vessels of gold and of silver that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem be brought that the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought in the golden vessels that had been taken out of the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem, and the kings and his lords, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone." Immediately, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace, opposite the lampstand, and the king saw the hand as it wrote. Then the king's color changed, and his thoughts alarmed him. His limbs gave way, and his knees knocked together. The king called loudly to bring in the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and the astrologers, The king declared to the wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and shows me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or make known to the king the interpretation. Then King Belshazzar was greatly alarmed and his color changed and his lords were perplexed. The queen, because of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banqueting hall, and the queen declared, O king, live forever. Let not your thoughts alarm you or your color change. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. In the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, enchanters, Chaldeans, and astrologers. Because an excellent spirit, knowledge, and understanding to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve problems were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. Then Daniel was brought in before the king. The king answered and said to Daniel, You are that Daniel, one of the exiles of Judah, whom the king, my father, brought from Judah? I have heard of you, that the spirit of the gods is in you, and that the light and understanding our excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the enchanters, have been brought in before me to read this writing and make known to me its interpretation, but they could not show the interpretation of the matter. But I have heard that you can give interpretations and solve problems. Now if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation, you shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around your neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. Nevertheless, I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. O king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar your father kingship and greatness and glory and majesty. And because of the greatness that he gave him, all peoples, nations, and language trembled and feared before him. Whom he would, he killed, and whom he would, he kept alive. Whom he would, he raised up, and whom he would, he humbled. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened so that he dealt proudly, he was brought down from his kingly throne and his glory was taken from him. He was driven from among the 
the children of mankind, and his mind was made like that of a beast, and his dwelling was with the wild donkeys. He was fed grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven. Until he knew that the Most High God rules the kingdom of mankind and sets over it whom he will. And you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, though you knew all this. But you have lifted up yourself against the Lord of heaven, and the vessels of this house have been brought in before you, and your lords, your wives, your concubines have drunk wine from them. And you have praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see or hear or know. But the God in whose hand is your breath, and whose are all your ways, you have not honored. Then from his presence the hand was sent, and this writing was inscribed, and this is the writing that was inscribed, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Parson. This is the interpretation of the matter. Mene, God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then Belshazzar gave the command, and Daniel was clothed with purple. A chain of gold was put around his neck, and a proclamation was made about him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, the Chaldean king, was killed, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thanks for your word. Lord, I pray that you would just humble our hearts before it this morning, that you would awaken us to its truth. Lord, thanks for this familiar story. I pray that you would teach us from it, encourage us, and call us to its reality. Lord, thanks for just your answers to prayer. Do you know that you are the God who hears us? Lord, thanks for Betty and Dell, and I pray you would continue to strengthen and heal Betty. Lord, thanks for Jeff Dold and just this, the, the healing and the, the, you have given him and the strength. I pray you continue to strengthen him. Lord, I pray you be with those who are just struggling emotionally, physically, or spiritually this morning, that we would see the God who is the God of all gods. And we'd humble ourselves before you, and we'd be encouraged through your word. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts would be acceptable to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Derek Carr is the quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. And they've started out the season 3-0. Some of you could care less about it, but here's why you should care uh, about um, Derek Carr. Last weekend, after their game, Derek Carr, uh, they won, and he was interviewed after the game. And as he was being interviewed, he's had some struggles. He broke his ankle uh, about a year ago. He was out. He was, had people chanting his name, how great he was going to be, how wonderful he was going to be. It all kind of com- co- collapsed. He struggled to get back into it. And then he won last week, and and his interview, when they asked him how things were, this is what he said. He says, all, he's, he's a born-again Christian, very vocal about his faith in Jesus Christ. And he said this, all the self-glory, that stuff is fleeting. I've already been through that. God took me to a place that all I want to do is glorify him. Wherever he's going, that's where I want to go. And then he took it to football and he said, so if we win, awesome. If not, I'm still going to glorify him. What and who is receiving the direction of your worship? 
It's an ageless question, and it's a very appropriate question this morning as we sit before the communion elements and as we consider this morning's passage. Who and what is getting your worship? Who and what is getting all the glory? The context of Daniel chapter 5 is we've been hearing about Nebuchadnezzar for weeks now and all of a sudden Belshazzar, King Belshazzar comes up. Daniel 4 and Daniel 5 is two stories of two kings and two worship conclusions. Last week we saw that Nebuchadnezzar who was worshiping himself, was humbled, and ended up worshiping the true God and King of Kings. And then years have taken place. About 20 years have taken place now. This Belshazzar is now king. His father is actually Nabonidus, and as he went through the reign, he wasn't actually the son of Nebuchadnezzar, but as he progressed, this is how they would talk about sons. He was in the next line of him, so he could very much, they would say very much he was the son. He was one of the next kings in line. But 20 years has passed now. Nebuchadnezzar is kind of forgotten about. Nobody really is thinking about him anymore. Daniel now has been in exile all his life. He's now in in his 80s. He's an old man. He's kind of put off to the side. He's not really in the kingdom much anymore. He's just doing his thing. And in this night, which would have happened in 530 BC, 539 BC, on probably the first or second week of October, historians would say, outside the walls of Babylon, the Medes and Persians have been moving towards the city for weeks and they've been camped outside and the, the city of Babylon is strong. This, they, 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 they thought they had enough food to last forever. Nobody thought that they'd be able to take over Babylon, especially the city walls. Very similar to what was been thought just a few weeks ago about Afghanistan and the capital city. But in that city that night, there was this big party that King Belshazzar put out. He was, he was, he was wined and dined this night. He, he thought he would just wine and dine everybody. We're not really sure why he had this party. It, it could be because his dad had left and had left him co-regent and his dad had left the country. Maybe he knew what was coming. Maybe he was afraid, but he left Belshazzar in charge. And there was also this time of the year when it was time to celebrate one of their gods and a big feast. So either he was celebrating this feast, or maybe King Belshazzar was so confident that nothing could take over Babylon that he was going to show it to the world, and he would just have this great celebration. So they arranged this big party. It was a huge, huge feast. Thousands of people were called. All the top wealthy people of Babylon were invited. Don't worry about outside. Come celebrate our greatness. And they drank. And they drank. Historians have found this throne room that they were in. Archaeologists have discovered it. And there was this huge blue enameled brick wall. And on the three sides of this giant room, probably the size of our entire fellowship auditorium, was three white plastered walls. And Belshazzar has this great party and brings everybody in. They start, they just, they drink and they drink and they drink. And the more he drinks, and the more excited he gets, and the more confident he gets in his drunkenness, he thinks, hey, we, we, we need to really show the world how great we are. Hey, go, go to, get, go to the temple, and just 
go get all that stuff that, that Nebuchadnezzar brought from Jerusalem and bring all those gold vessels in from the temple of those Judeans and the Jews. We want to celebrate. It was extremely arrogant, Belshazzar was. And as he came in and as they brought them in, there were thousands, Ezra Chapter 1 says that there's at least 5,400 vessels of gold that had been taken from the temple in Jerusalem to Babylon during this exile that Nebuchadnezzar had just kind of kept. But Belshazzar, he's brash and he's drunk. And he says, bring the stuff. So they go get the gold the gold. Vessels, they drink some more. The party's really happening. You've seen movies like this. The more confident they are, the more brash they are. Nobody can stop us now. They're singing at the top of their lungs. They're celebrating. I mean, they got wine and women. They are being dined to the top of everything. It's going wonderful. Belshazzar assumes that he is king. He, nobody can conquer him. And all of a sudden, very quickly... That left him. He would have been at the front of the table. Nobody would have, uh, no, everybody else would have been, their eyes would have been on him. He, he would have seen, they would have been watching him do his thing. They're celebrating, they're enjoying it. And all of a sudden, Belshazzar sees the hand or the finger of a man by the, by the, by the candles. It's as bright as it can see, writing on the wall. And then he gets really woke. He, he thinks he's woke. He thinks he can do it all. He thinks he can figure it out. He thinks he's smart enough. He thinks he can control things. But then he gets woke by this finger that starts writing in the plaster on the wall. And then he gets really worried. He loses all his bodily functions. He is limp. He's scared. His knees are knocking. He's worried in the 1800s. Lord Byron saw the scene and he wrote it this way. The monarch saw and shook, and bade no more rejoice. All bloodless waxed his look, and tremulous his voice. Let the men of love lore appear, the wisest of the earth, and expound these words of fear, which mar our royal mirth. Belshazzar, brash partier, living it up, all of a sudden sees his finger on the wall. He's absolutely wobbled and whimpering. He doesn't know what to do with himself. He's all confused. He calls for the wise guys to come in again. They, they come in. He's yelling for them. He's, he's, he's panicked at the top of his lungs. The king calls loudly to bring in the enchanters. He calls them in. They can't do anything. They haven't been able to do anything at all all the way through the book of Daniel. And they don't do it again. Here, here he is, the, the wisest, the strongest, and he's got nobody that can help him, he thinks. He's scared to death of this. He's whimpering about it. that They can't help him, it says in verse 8. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or make known to the king the interpretation. And he's perplexed, and his color changes. He keeps turning green. I was taking a test one time in a Greek class in seminary, and my mind went completely blank. And I'm trying to figure it out, and all of a sudden the professor says, Paul, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine here. And I'm trying to figure it out. After class, he says, I said, how did you know? He goes, I looked at you, you were green. This is 
how Belshazzar was. His color changed. He keeps changing. He's crying, he's screaming, he's trembling, he's wobbling. Nobody can help him. He's weak. The, 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 the ruckus is so much that his, the queen or his, the queen mother hears this. She's not at the party. She'd been tired of it. She left. She, she hears the, the ruckus. She comes in and she says him and talks to him only like a mother could talk to him. She says, O king, live forever. Let not your thoughts alarm you or your color change. Quit, 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 quit being such a baby. Quit being such a... Uh, you're, you're the king. There's a guy in your kingdom who can help you out. And his name is Daniel. And she tells him again, not that he didn't know. She says, Nebuchadnezzar, he called him in. He had dreams. He had moments like this. So stop wobbling, stop whimpering, act like a man, and call in Daniel. But he can't act like a man. He's wobbling, and he's whimpering, and he doesn't know anybody can help him, but he tries to suck it up, and in walks wisdom. In verse 13, then Daniel was brought in before the king, and the king said to Daniel, this, you're supposed to read Daniel chapter 5, 13 through 16. It was written so that we could see that this is not a guy who had all his faculties together. He, this was a drunk king in a crazed stupor of fear whose mom just came in and told him to suck it up and get some help. And he's trying to save some face. And he says, then, the, then Daniel was brought in before the king. The king answered and said to Daniel, you were that Daniel, one of the exiles from Judah, whom the king, my father, brought from Judah? He had just lost everything. He lost all control of his legs. He was knocking together. He lost all control of his, his faculties. And now he's trying to be kingly. And so he says to Daniel, this, this old man who'd walked in, you are one of the exiles of Judah, just to kind of stick it to Daniel. I'm better than you are. I know who you are. You're nothing. He goes, but I, but I heard you're smart enough to figure this stuff out. You've done it in the past. Can you help me out, he says. And so Daniel talks to this king, and the king says, hey, if you do this for me, I'm going to give you a robe, and you give you just a medallion around, and you will be successful. You'll be the third in the kingdom, and you will be, you will be great. And Daniel, this 80-year-old man, looks at the punk king and says, I don't need your stuff. I don't want your, save your, your garments for somebody else. Put, your, put, put it on somebody else. Here's the thing about Daniel, for some of you. We, we only know very few stories about Daniel's life. You read the book of Daniel, it's all about Daniel, but there's, there's about six, seven, eight, nine days of this man's life. And they, they span his entire lifetime. Here was Daniel, he was exiled, brought into Babylon, and then he, he was God used him, and then it seems like he was put away in his 60s. He's put away. 
Belshazzar comes in. Belshazzar is in charge. Nobody's thinking about Daniel anymore. No one's asking Daniel's opinion. Nobody's asking him for his leadership. He's just away. But what does Daniel do? Daniel, in his 80s, he stays prepared. He keeps praising and worshiping God. He just kept being active and faithful. On a side note of walking in wisdom, many times, often, there are Christians who who serve in a church, be involved in a church, they get to a certain age, and then they say, it's time for the younger people to take over. I'm not being useful. I don't know where I'm supposed to fit in. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Daniel may have had all those questions, but what Daniel did was he just stayed faithful to God. In his when, when nobody noticed it, when nobody cared about him, Daniel didn't become bitter. He didn't become angry. I mean, he was ready. He was probably sound asleep. When they called him in, the king needs you. Daniel said, okay, let's go. And what I know, he told the king, is I don't need your stuff, but I also know that God is going to tell me what I need to know. Because he was still very connected. He was still growing spiritually. If you're at an age in life and you're trying to figure out what's next, what, what, what does God have for me? I'm, I'm not as, I don't feel like it's as much as it used to be. And you feel maybe lost in your place. Daniel just remained fat. I don't know if he was fat physically. But here's an 80-year-old guy who when called upon was ready and so connected spiritually still with God, there was never any doubt. He didn't have to say, oh, well, I, I got to go read my Bible some more to catch up here. It's been a long time. I've been kind of angry. He, 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 just, he, he was fat. He was faithful. He was available. And he was still teachable. God was still teaching Daniel that I, I still have a plan for you. I still have a place for you. So this is, this is the, the call for us. It's just to, to remain that way. Be faithful. Be available, stay teachable, and and see where God's going to use you. And as he was called in, he gets the question from the king, and he says, here's what I know. I don't want your stuff, but I also, I do know my God, and I know God's going to tell me what I need to know, and he'll make the interpretation to me. And then he talks to the king like only a seasoned scholar would do. He gives Belshazzar a history lesson. And he says, O king, Nebuchadnezzar, your father, he was a lot like you. So much so that he thought nobody could ever destroy him. And then one day, he had a dream about a tree. And he was told that God was going to cut him down. And he didn't listen. And he walked away, and he did his own thing, and he, had a, and he turned into an animal for a season of time. And then until he recognized that it's the most high God who rules the kingdoms of mankind and sets over it whom he will. And verse 22, And you, his son Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, though you knew all this. Daniel came in, talked to Belshazzar, instructed him with the past, the present, 
and then the problem. And he said, Nebuchadnezzar, he realized who God was, but you, Belshazzar, you haven't humbled your heart, but here's the difference. You knew all this. It's a very scary place if you're a young person who grows up in church. You've heard all these stories, and you, you know who God is, and you walk away and don't humble your heart. Because you knew all this, you, you've heard Scripture. You, you, you've heard what the Bible says, and you can believe it. And Matthew chapter 7 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your names? And then I will declare to you, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness." Belshazzar knew all the stories. He knew all the, the facts. He heard it all. You knew all this. this he wasn't, Daniel wasn't telling him anything new, but what he was telling him was, you know all this stuff, and the bill's going to come someday. There's a bill that's going to come. You, if you are, it doesn't matter what age you are, but if you know this truth, and you walk away from this truth of who God is, and who the king he is set up in Jesus Christ, one day the bill's going to come and you're going to have to pay, make an, pay account for that. We'll all stand up before God and give an account. And it may seem like the party going on all the time in everybody else's life is good and worth it and will last. But there's a payment and a cost for that that's coming and Belshazzar knew this, or he should have known this. And after he threw his big party, and the bill came for it, the prescription on the wall said, you've been weighed on the balances, and you've been found wanting. You don't have enough to pay for it. You have not humbled yourself before God. You have rejected the truth that you knew. You didn't humble your heart and surrender it to God in the things that really matter and make a difference. Listen, don't assume that one day you can turn to God. Don't, don't assume that I, I'll, just keep, well, I'll just keep doing my thing and for a while, for the season of my life, I can have fun and have what everybody else wants and then, and then I'll just turn. Uh, when, when it's time, I'll know that I'll, I'll, then I'll live for God. I, I got the rest of my high school years or my 20s or my 30s or my 40s or my 50s. I think I'll make it to the 90s. So if I get it in my 70s, I can, then, then I'm my deathbed, then I'll turn. Don't, don't assume that. This was Belshazzar's assumption. Because with Nebuchadnezzar, remember the story with Nebuchadnezzar? Daniel came to him and said, Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, here's what's going to happen. Now repent. And Nebuchadnezzar didn't choose to do it. In this story, Daniel doesn't say that to, Nebuchadnezzar, to Belshazzar. 
Because Belshazzar knew all this, and he consciously and continually said, no, it's me. I'm not going to humble myself to God. I've got all the time in the world. And when the bill came for his big party night, he had nothing to pay for it. He was found, he was weighed and found wanting. Don't think that I can just keep doing my thing. I just keep sinning for a while. I'll repent one day. Verse 29 says, Then he got the announcement that it was going to be a divided kingdom. He was going to lose everything. And it almost comically. It's all done. He hears this report. I mean, he, this guy is still in a somewhat woke, drunken stupor listening, and all he can come up with after hearing this to Daniel is, hey, get the guy his robe and chain. Did you not hear what he just said? Your, your kingdom's going to be divided. You're going to lose everything. Belshazzar gives the command, and Daniel was clothed with purple, and a chain of gold was put around his neck. And I'm sure it grieved Daniel's heart. He had... This is all Belshazzar could do. He had, he had nothing else to do. He acted as if it wasn't noticed, and the action that he did do wasn't enough. Given Daniel rewards wasn't going to get him out of it, God had said that your time is up. And that very night, Belshazzar, the king, was killed. And history tells us that the Medes and Persians, they, they dammed up the, the river that flowed through Babylon and they came underneath it, chest high water, and they overrun the city while a massive party was going on. And Belshazzar the Chaldean was killed. Because he did not recognize that the Most High God rules the kingdoms of mankind and sets over it whom he will. And here's who the King of Heaven set up over the rulers of the world. It was Jesus Christ. In Psalm chapter 2, the Bible says, he who, verse 4, he who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, on my holy hill. God looks at the world. He says he sent Jesus. He looks at their parties. He looks at their life. He looks at them not humbling themselves. He looks at people and he laughs when they say, we, we can worship our money. We can worship our gold. We can worship our success. We, we can raise all those things above the God of heaven. And the Bible says God laughs at and it says, I will set up who I will set up. And who he set up was Jesus Christ who came for our sins, for your sins, for unhumbled hearts. And he says, to those who will look to Jesus, who has been lifted on the cross, who came to give his life out of great love for you, if you will turn, if you will repent, if you will humble yourself, 
in repentance and faith and accept him and let your life glorify him, then you will have great joy, great hope for eternity. If you haven't done that this morning, if you haven't humbled your heart to Jesus Christ, the aim of Daniel chapter 5 is to get you to see that Jesus is the king that God has set up. Have you humbled your heart to Jesus Christ? Have you surrendered your life fully over to him? And if you have, as a Christian, as we prepare for communion, this isn't playthings. This is the picture for us that God, that Jesus gave us to say, this is what I did for you. I, I gave my life, my, 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 I, my body was broken for you, my blood was shed for you so that you could have hope and you do this in remembrance of me so you can anchor yourself in the way of Christ. Are, are you anchoring yourself in Jesus? Are you trusting in him alone? And if you were to say, I will let my life glorify you. Derek Carr, through college, is a college student, grew up in church, went to college. He, he wasn't living for Jesus like he is now. But he had a friend who saw his life and said, I see what you're saying with your words, and then I look what you're doing with your life and how you're living over here, and they don't match up. They need to match up. And she, she wrote him a letter and said, this is, this is truth. Do you really believe Jesus? And he got that letter and it so convicted him. That's when he fully surrendered. And he said, I'm a Christian, but I haven't lived like one. And he went to his football team in college, stood up before all the guys. So guys, you've seen my life. You know what I say, and you know what I've been doing. And I've been wrong. And he asked for their forgiveness, and he apologized to them. And he set his life to the direction that God then has now put him on a platform where he can say to the world, Stuff means nothing if it doesn't glorify God. Is that where you are as a Christian? And do you know Jesus Christ in that way? As we come this morning, are you anchored in his way? And have you accepted Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords? Let's pray.